Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. This is really cool because we have been in here every morning watching the Commonwealth Games, and they were our most successful games. And they were capped off overnight with another gold medal from our most successful Com Games athlete. Joelle King won her second final, her second gold medal at Birmingham, alongside Amanda Landers-Murphy in the women's doubles, just hours after her and Paul Cole, dear friend of the show, took the mixed doubles titles. For Joelle, she was the flag bearer in the opening ceremony. These Commonwealth Games have been an emotional roller coaster from the outside, and it's so so cool to be able to welcome her into the show this morning to debrief it all. How are you doing, Joelle? Thanks so much for taking our call. Hey guys, yeah, no, I'm. Uh, I think relief is probably the word that comes to mind. You know, it's been an absolutely huge uh, ten days for me, as you can imagine. You, um, mu- you must be exhausted. Coaster, pretty much sums it up. <laughs> yeah, you must I be exhausted. exhausted. Um, yeah, yeah, I am. That's you know, I'm sitting here at the New Zealand house. We've got a team function right now, and all the athletes are here, which is pretty cool. Um, nice way to finish it off. But to be honest, my bed is looking pretty inviting right now. <laughs> hey, how is it? How special <laughs> is it to be sharing those gold medals with Amanda and Paulie? Oh, it's amazing. You know, we've got such a tight-knit group within our squash community um, and within our group here. You know, it's it's not just sharing it with those two. Obviously, we, we're the ones out on court, but our coaches, our young team who have been here every step of the way, every single day, they're there cheering so loud for us. So it feels like this is a real team effort um, and we all celebrate each other's success. So it's, it's awesome to win with those two, but to be here with this team and, and win with them, alongside is is awesome hey joel you're not you're not new to high level sport or the kind of cauldron let's call it but i get the sense that these commonwealth games are a little bit different for you do you want to talk us through why they were so special and just that emotional roller coaster and kind of give us the pit stops yeah i mean obviously starting with being selected as flag bearer it's just one of the biggest honors of my life to be honest to be selected out of 
so many amazing athletes that we have. You know, there's so many people they could have chosen. Um, so to be selected to lead the team out was huge and emotional. Um, those first couple of days were, I was very tired. It was just such overwhelming emotion. Um, and I guess coupled with the fact I came into this tournament top seed trying to defend my gold medal, um, it was there was a lot of stress, to be honest, um, that, that I put on myself. You know, I when you win a gold medal, you, your expectation is gold. And um, to come in, you know, top seed, it was something I hadn't actually experienced before, you know. Um, there was a lot of different emotions this time. A lot of, I felt very stressed um, in the singles and, just wanting, you know, to do my best, but it just came up short. Um, but, you know, it's, it's one of those things I was absolutely devastated for two days. You know, anytime I saw a sad post or someone just said something to me, I cried and I was really disappointed in myself. Um, but that's, that's the village around me that all got behind me, um, not, just, not just the squashies, my family, the wider New Zealand team, you know, just seeing other athletes and they were just, wishing me to to get back up and and go again you know and I just I sort of sat in my room and I was like I don't want to be defined by this one you know the singles yeah I lost but I gave it everything I had on on each day and it it came up short um so let's go back and and prove myself in the doubles and you know to go through a mixed doubles event at the Commonwealth Games and a, a women's event and not even drop a game I think that's just testament to um my character and and how my partners actually helped me and carried me through. Yeah, that, hey Joelle, thanks a lot for sharing that vulnerability with us. And and we did, you know, obviously notice that there was um, a lot of stress after that that singles match that uh, you didn't pull off, but you came back, as you said, won two gold medals. This uh, testament to your character. For for the listeners there, what is that like to sort of dig yourself out of that? moment where there's a little bit of despair there's a little bit of distress do you use a certain technique or was it just that you surrounded yourself with good people and and started to um again just message right within yourself to say right I, i'm i am good i can do this i've still got more more games to go out there and win gold medals yeah i think there was a, a number of things that really helped um you know number one the people that you have around you are really important so my coaches um, like within my New Zealand team, but my coaches that are with me, you know, in my own individual career, my sports psychologist. Um, but a big part of it was actually my family. Like no one knows you better than your family, right? And having these phone calls with my brother, my dad, you know, one day I just, my dad called me and I just cried on the phone with him and he said, it's okay, you know, just just let it out, I'm, I'm here. So I think it's important also when you're feeling that way to actually let it out sometimes we try to be too hard and push those emotions down and that can come back to bite you a little bit later um and if you haven't actually dealt with it because it's it's like going through a bit of grief you know um sport is full of big highs and very big lows um and dealing with the grief and letting it out is a big part of how you can move on so i think those two days actually served me really well to just let it out um and then, yeah, just, just conversations with people. And, you know, I, I was the one night, I was, I was awake till about 3 a.m. just sobbing in my room. And the next morning I woke up and I, I was just felt really determined is the word that comes to mind. I, I wanted to go back on that court. Sometimes, you know, when something like that happens, you can be a bit scared of going back on the court. 
I wanted to go back out there and, and just prove to myself that this doesn't define me, you know. This this is just one loss and it doesn't mean it's the end or anything like that. So how are you going to come back and, and be stronger? And I thought, I just want to make myself proud. Uh, and honestly, this is probably one of the proudest weeks of my life, to be honest. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. It is, Kempi, that is, I'm getting tingles there, Joel. That's amazing. And like that, you know, being an individual athlete, <laughs> you know, like it must be... How, how much doubles do you play outside of the Commonwealth Games? Because being an individual athlete, like you're on your own so much and then you're speaking about being in the team environment and you've obviously showed huge resilience yourself, but, you know, the benefit of being around people and sharing that as experiences with Paul and Amanda and being there on the court and having someone that has your back, it must have just been such an amazing experience. Oh, it's huge. It's, um, it's quite a different vibe playing like you say we're individuals so most of the time it's just you and you yourself um on the court there you know trying to figure things out and it's it's quite nice to share the the um emotions and share the court with someone that you can bounce off and you know just we we understand each other so well also um purely not from playing doubles but just the friendships we have off the court we know each other you know we can see when each other's stressed or what have you um things are not going so great um, and and that's when we really step up for each other. So I think it's it's a very nice feeling to be playing in something like this, um, to have someone to share the load with. Like I say. Hey, hey, Joel. Just I'm I'm just sitting here listening to your conversation, and it you know, um, it's one that's really needed out there in the in the public sector, especially at the, gra- at the grassroots level. What what rocks your boat as you get into your your twilight years for for later on in life? Do you think about giving back and and what you could do for sports people, especially in minority sports uh, in New Zealand? Absolutely. Like it's funny when I was younger, I never dreamed I would actually ever want to coach or anything like that. But I think. The fact I'm I'm turning 34 next month, I've been doing this for a long time. The experiences and something like what I've just been through in this event, you know, you can't buy that. And I think for a lot of athletes, they when you've been through it yourself and you're telling someone these things, it's a it's the buy-in, you know. And I I would love to um, once I retire, whenever that is, <laughs> um, at some stage, definitely be involved with athletes in any sort of sport and just try and help them to, um, you know, pursue their dreams and, and follow follow whatever their heart desires, really, because that's, that's what I've done. You know, I was a little girl in Cambridge um, who started playing squash, had some dreams to go and do it, and, and look, you know, 33 years old, I'm still playing and as one of the top players in the world, um, just taking home another two medals in the Commonwealth Games. I couldn't have dreamed of that. And there's been so many key people along the way in my career that have shared their experiences to help me. So I really hope one day I can do the same. Well, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You, uh, <laughs> I'll read this to you. I don't. I'm not. I don't want to make you uh, feel funny or anything. But here's a, here's a message from Matt that's come through a double eight double three. One of our listeners, interview of the year. She is amazing. Media training people or miscommunication managers should pay this interview to people. So people out there think that you could be a resource one way or another, Joel. So I don't know. That's, um, it pro- probably wasn't your ambition at the start of these games to be the interview of the year. But honestly, it's just it's so refreshing just to hear.
hear you be so vulnerable and honest, as Kempe said. Well, what's next for you? Because I know that this kind of encroaches on your season. We're speaking to Paul, and he said he's pretty much straight back into it. So do you get a bit of downtime, or are you just straight into the swing of things again? I'm actually on a flight to Portugal tomorrow. Um, I'm taking a couple of days off just to, you know, let myself be. Um, I'm going with my partner, Amanda. So we're going to celebrate our gold medal out there together. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, I think, you know, it's very important to um, – I've the last three games, I've been really stupid and straight off the, the finals, I've gone straight into another tournament. And it's not gone well because I've just mentally needed to let myself be. So this time we decided, you know, let's let's have a break, go to Portugal and um, refresh and, and get ready for my first tournament, which is going to be in September. So I've got a little bit of time. And you'll go there and you'll win because you're our champion. Hey, Joel, we just I just really want to personally say thank you very much for coming on this morning and, and sharing uh, some really... Oh, great insight. You know, I want you to give your dad a call and give him a big kiss and a cuddle from me because I remember that same conversation uh, that I had with my dad on more than one occasion. And to be able to share that with us here is, is, yeah. is vitally important. Um, you've been a champion. Uh, we love you guys. I've, I, I said to the boys, I've, I've become a real squash fanatic since watching <laughs> you and Paulie because you sit right in the middle of the TV most mornings when you guys are playing here and I'm just going, man, these guys are really awesome. So I just want to thank you for coming on the Izzy and Kempe uh, show for breakfast. They're right, an uh, awesome interview this morning and we wish you well for the rest of the year. Go well. Thank you so, so much, you guys. Great talking to you. No worries. There you go. Joelle King, uh, double gold medalist from Birmingham 2022. Five for her total, making her the tied most ever with Valerie Young. She is a champion New Zealander. That's why she was the flag bearer. It didn't go to plan. The low of lows, 3 a.m. sobbing, resilience, determination, and then to tell the story, carrying away two golds. That is, I mean, that's why oh, we do it, Kim. I'll tell, tell you what, the goosebumps. I don't want to take anything away from you. When she said, you know, phone my, phone my dad, you know, it's a family that really pulled you through. I'd, <laughs> I'd forgotten all about that. I remember those phone calls, you know, when you when you, when you you miss out on teams and you're being dropped and you're at the bottom of your, of your hill, you know what I mean? You've got to climb it again and your dad just goes, yep, I know, mate, it's okay. You'll get back there. Come on. Pick yourself back up off the ground. Let's go again. And the the conversation for especially athletes at the top of the game that they have with their parents, um, especially, I don't know if you can put that in a bottle. Because if you could, man, that'd be great. How amazing is Joe King? The single goal was her goal. Would have been so easy to sink into her self-pity, picked herself up and doubled up with two times with Paul and Amanda. True legend. Would have been easy to let herself fall apart. I'm so, so, so proud of her. That is Jerry on double eight, double three. Jerry and Matt, thank you for coming through with those messages. Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. If you want to um, come through with what you've experienced out of these Commonwealth Games, not necessarily from the squash pool and Joel, um, we've obviously got an uh, affinity with them here on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast at SCNZ. But just in general, what have you kind of made of these games? Aaron Gate, six events, isn't a huge accomplishment in itself, but then to go and win four of them, can you put that into words? Can Have you ever seen anything like that? Um, personally, I don't know if I have. Right back at the start of the Com game, Sophie Pascoe battling grief, battling COVID during it. Um, we've had... The Sevens girls miss out on 
well, a final that they thought they were going to make. The heartbreak, Alice Zyman and Shauna Polly yesterday missing out on bronze. The heartbreak, Joel King, the heartbreak. The highs are highs, the lows are lows. What have these games represented to you? 0800-150-811. Come through in the Kennard's High Phone Line. We'd love to hear from you. But after this, Kempi will be off the back fence at 21 minutes past seven here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. While the Black Caps show rolls on into another month, country, and how about this, Kempi, a continent even. The squad on the ground of the Caribbean has been bolstered by a huge influx of experience on and off the field. They didn't drop a game on their swing through Ireland, Scotland, and the Netherlands. And although the challenge against the West Indies is significantly more so, the momentum will hopefully stay the same in a crucial lead-up series to the T20 World Cup. Top order star Devin Conway is back with the team. He's back with us now. It's been a while. G'day, Dev. You're probably, what are you, live from the pool? Or whereabouts are you? <laughs> Correct. I'm live um, from the swimming pool. Uh, I'm just resting and recovering after a nice good morning session of training. So, um, yeah, life's good in the Caribbean at the moment. Hey, Dev, you've had a bit of a freshen up uh, along with some of the senior players after your test series in England. How, how is it to be back in camp, mate? Are your boys excited? Yeah, very much so. I think, you know, we had about a month off um, since our last game um, in England. So, yeah, really nice to just get that break and just spend some time at home with family and friends. And then it is very exciting, though, to be here, you know, and get, get back into this thing. Things. So pretty excited to start playing. Yeah, it must be cool seeing the depth in the squad develop ahead of T20 World Cup for sure. Yeah, very much so. I think, you know, we're watching the guys um, quite closely in, in the European tour and Obviously, they um, you know didn't lose a game, and there was quite a lot of players that really put their hands up and played some really good cricket. So uh, it's good to see the depth improving and um, guys getting opportunities to play. I suppose it's a funny one um, for a, a senior player or someone like yourself because a you, you, you're absolutely thrilled to see the depth, but do you feel it? Do you feel a little bit of that? I mean, obviously you're out of a player, Dev, but you know that that competition in camp is it just create a bit of an edge? Um, well, I don't. I don't necessarily see myself as a senior player. To be honest with you, it's only my second year with with the group. Um, but, but yeah, you certainly do feel it. You know, you got the likes of you know Finn Allen stepping up and and playing some really good cricket. You've got um, you know Michael Bracewell seeing what he's done in, in the UK. Um, it's been pretty special. So um, you, you certainly do feel guys stepping up and, and putting in performances. You know, you got the likes of you know Mark Chapman who's not here. You know, who also played really nice cricket in the European tour. So, you know, guys are banging the door down. So, um, it's, you know, you've, you've, you've got to make, make sure that you're continuing to con- contribute to the group and perform. Otherwise, guys will step up and, and certainly take, take the opportunities. Hey, Dev, the, the, the Windies are coming off a pretty heavy loss in the T20 series with India. Um, how much can you read into their performance? Yeah, I don't think we're we're going to read in, into it too much. We know how you know powerful of a unit they are as a group. Um, you know, at times they, they they can beat anyone on their day. So it's it's a matter of just sort of controlling what we can, doing our homework as best as possible, and and just really focusing on what we can control. So um, yeah, it depends on what sort of West Indies team comes out and plays, and however they go about it, um, we'll just try focus on ourselves. Yeah, it's going to be a really important tour, though, isn't it, across the ODIs as well? How cool is it to be back in the Caribbean? You, you make the good point where well, you're not a, you don't consider yourself a senior player. It's probably just because you've scored about a million runs since you've been uh, with the squad. That that's where I, my head goes, Devin. Have you played much cricket personally in the Caribbean? No, I haven't. Um, 
I'm here. Um, so it's been a really cool experience just, you know, seeing the different sites um, that Jamaica has to offer. Um, certainly trying to make use of the pool as much as possible and it's not hot weather that we're experiencing here. But, you know, I think in terms of the cricketing side of things, the services, um, training yesterday and today have been certainly different to what we, what I've experienced in, in, in the past. But, um, you know, it's about adapting as quick as possible and formulating a game plan that suits the services that, that we look to play in the future well, what are those differences for us back home can you you know what are the, what's the data telling you what are you being prepared for and, and just by having a few nets you know what have you noticed already there's been more like steeper bounce than i than i'd expected you know i would have thought um you know with, with the nature of the warm weather here it'll be uh, almost subcontinent like but um yeah i think the the two surfaces that we've trained on the last two days have been um, you know, quite sporty. There's been some good pace and carry in the surfaces. And, and whether if that plays like that in the first T20 in a couple of days' time, I'm not sure. But um, that's what the bits have been like. So apparently, um, you know, Steady, Steady and I had a conversation today that first innings par totals around the 170, 180 mark, I think, on this ground. So um, that suggests that it could be a good surface. Hey, Dev, is there any dark and stormies coming up with Kane Williamson turning 32 today? And uh, he seems to have been around for a long time. How's the skip travelling? Well, he's doing really well. Um, you know, he's um, having a good start to his birthday. It's it's actually funny because he, he actually had his birthday yesterday in New Zealand. So a lot of his birthday messages were coming through yesterday. And it's obviously continuing for us today. So, um, no, he's doing really well. He's um, He's been hitting the ball extremely nicely as always. Um, so pretty exciting to watch him go about, about his business in this in these two, you know, uh, formats coming up. So looking forward to joining him again in the group and, and having him around with his experience. So it's gonna be exciting times for him. Yeah, there you go. Saying all the right things about the skip. You can't get him you can't get him there, Ken Fiat. We got the live commentary here on S E N Z mate, and we were absolutely thrilled to be able to cover the first tour back to the Caribbean in a long time. So looking forward to hearing you through the early morning and in, in the uh late morning here on New Zealand score plenty of runs as a squad and yourself personally. So go well. All the best, mate. Thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate it. Hey, speaking of travelling, and right now, double eight, double three. any queries about the All Blacks? <laughs> any queries? What a loaded question. Anything you want to know about the All Blacks, come through, because speaking of travelling, will travel, can report. Ollie Ritchie, he is News Hub's lead rugby reporter. He's sharp, and him and his colleagues are like vultures in South Africa over the desert right now, trying to pick the eyes out of one of the more interesting stories in New Zealand sport this century. Truly, it is. What's going on with the All Blacks at the moment? He's live out of South Africa. Very grateful for your time. Morning, Ollie. How you going, man? Yeah, Louie, really good, mate. Really good. Good to be here. How are you? We are good. We're good. We're busy. And I um, I imagine getting the News Hub bosses to get you to South Africa with their 20 reporters <laughs> up in... Birmingham for the Commonwealth Games was it as an easy pitch or or was it did you have to twist an arm mate I thought we'd blown the budget on com games on future election coverage on future world cups I thought it had all gone on the com games to be honest I thought we were toast so mate when this came through I was happy as Larry I really had to do nothing actually to get to be honest because the story was so big after that Ireland series it was sort of like well you've, we've got to be there so you know it was one of the easier trips to get over the line to be honest hey Ollie it's Kempi mate so, so tell us the mood like obviously you've got the South Africans 
where the mood is going to be skyrocketing. We can we can gather that. But tell us the mood, mate. Tell us what what you're feeling. Like that, you know, you're you're just about ready Spidey to senses. you're just about ready to feed. What does it feel like? <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting one to be honest, Kempe. Um, you know, we spend a lot of time around this team and around these players, and you know, there's something a bit different this week. To be perfectly honest, you know, everyone's a bit more reserved. You can kind of feel that weight of expectation and, and feel that weight of pressure that is on not only Ian Foster, obviously, but, you know, the rest of the team as well. Everyone's just a little bit more reserved uh, than, than they normally are. You know, saw uh, Fozzie yesterday on arrival into the hotel and, you know, he was pretty pretty quick into the air, avoiding cameras, avoiding any talk and straight into a, into a management meeting. So you certainly get the sense that at the moment they can feel that that pressure and that sense of expectation on this group to, to try and deliver something, any sort of performance that is that is capable of a, of a test win because, you know, lately they obviously have not been doing that. Mark Hinton has a story up this morning um, speaking about, or he t- speaking to Richie Moonga, I think it was just, must have just been personally, well, on a one-on-one or whatever, and Richie's acknowledged that, yeah, look, they are, they do hear the criticism, they're blocking it out, but the criticism is actually fair. So that's a player's perspective. Just from what you're picking up from Ian Foster, there's been some quotes that have probably made everybody raise their eyebrows, and actually that's being polite. People probably are a little bit, unsure whether Ian Foster understands the gravity of the situation. What's your opinion being around him? <laughs> yes, that's an interesting one. I know what you're talking about there, Louis, with, with you know suggestions that that was their best performance of the year and stuff like that. You almost get the, get the feeling that he's trying to deflect and just try and convince himself almost that things, that things are going on the right track and it's almost like he's accepted his fate in, in a way that things are just not going to get better uh, anytime soon. In fact, they'll probably get worse before they get better. Um, I mean, it's an interesting one, right? Like for an All Blacks coach to come out and, and say something like that after uh, not only a, a test loss, but the worst loss to South Africa uh, in almost a bloody century. It's it's quite ridiculous. Um, so you certainly get the sense that he's almost trying to convince himself that things are on the right track. It's it's, it's truly quite bizarre. And, and the players are certainly acknowledging it as well. They know that the pressure's there and, and, and they welcome it. They they accept that they um, that they are subject to this sort of criticism. Um, but yeah, that certainly for me and Foster, that... That was quite bizarre, and that was almost said to me a man that had almost accepted his fate. Ollie, I know that the South Africans will be sitting in there. Their theme for this next match is search and destroy. The All Blacks, they've mm. got this underdog theme going on, but I've always wondered, you know, like you're, you're a journalist, you've just flown into South Africa, and you sit up your room, you're writing your headlines, your titles up the top. What's your theme, mate? What are you looking at? What, how many? Just are you allowed to delve into that that headspace for us and let us know what your headline is? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an interesting one to be honest, Kempi, because you, you know I always try and and let the facts paint the picture, and you know you don't want to ever get personal as a journalist. That's not our job. Um, but at the moment, the, the, the facts paint a, a very clear picture of the of the pressure that this group is under, um, and you know so when we, we, we writing our stories the, the entire storyline is around yes the, the pressure on the team to perform but but certainly it feels like the, the, the pressure on this on this coach on Ian Foster is, is something that we have not seen for a number of years and th- there can be no questioning his 
commitment to the team and his passion for the team and his passion for the players. That that that's certainly not what anyone's questioning. But um, unfortunately, they they just can't get results out of this current regime. And this current regime is clearly not the one to deliver results. So you know, when we're when we're doing these stories, you're right. We, we try and avoid being um, personal, but you know, the, the facts certainly paint the picture, and they, the facts certainly speak for themselves. Um, it's a group that doesn't know how to get out of the current rut that it's in. And it's almost like there's this mental challenge, this mental hurdle for this group to overcome, and they just don't know how to do it. So somebody, you're a punting man, Ollie, I know that for a fact. Somebody's lobbed about 50 50 (laughs) grand on the... the, Actually, here's one for you, Kempe. Darcy LaBella gets beat first person to message me. (laughs) First person to message me after the Openaki Cup. Um, Anyway, I just had a giggle this morning when I opened up my phone to send you a message. Um, Now, so you're a betty man. Somebody's unloaded 50 grand on the the, uh, Springboks to win here. Look, at $1.44, I think it's probably about right. They should be favoured like that. Nobody thinks the All Blacks can't win, though. They can go out there and win and get a result. But what's your sense on whether how much determination, uh, sorry, the determination of how much this game impacts the future of the All Blacks coaching makeup, for example? Is this game this weekend make or break or actually irrelevant? It's a good question, to be honest, Louis, because, you know, the, the whole uh, issue around Ian Foster and, and his future as All Blacks coach is, is certainly not based on these two tests in South Africa alone. They were given the first, well, Foster was certainly given the first five tests of the year, obviously those three against Ireland and the first two against South Africa to prove himself. So, you know, should we be in a situation where Ian Foster is, is let go? It won't be just because of, um, of the South African test. It's, it's very much a reflection of the start of this year. And, and that being said, so if the All Blacks do end up winning at Alice Park, which, um, you know, I, I certainly I can't see happening. Um, and so, you know, there's probably a bit of value in those uh, All Blacks odds, to be honest, uh, Louis. But um, it, it would be a reflection of, of the progress under Ian Foster. It's not just that he didn't win the test in South Africa because that, that's almost been uh, not, not a given, but acceptable for All Blacks teams in the past. It's difficult to win in South Africa. It always has been. Even the best All Blacks teams haven't been able to do it. But he's had five tests this year. And, and you know, you look back on his past couple of years as well, which have, have not been great. Um, you know, it's not just a reflection of the South African series. It's, it's a reflection of the progress sort of this year and, and probably really over the past 12 months as well. So, um, yeah, certainly not just based on, on these two tests uh, against South Africa, more the general progress uh, under Foster. Yeah, makes sense. All right, what do we know without pouring all your gravy on our plate? What do we know about the board and the CEO? Where are they at physically, literally? Where is Robbo? Is he is he in South Africa? And kind of, and from an administrative point of view, how happy or unhappy is the marriage between the All Blacks and NZR at the moment? Uh, Robbo is definitely in in South Africa. I've caught up with him over here a, cu- a couple of times so far. So he, yeah, he's definitely uh, over here. He has extended his trip. He was meant to just be here in Johannesburg uh, for a couple of days. I understand that trip has has now been extended um, to see out the week. So there, there might be a bit of a telltale sign there. Look, they certainly accept and understand what what, what is going on with it, with this group uh, and with this with this coaching group in, in particular. And they know that after. 
this this test this weekend, and there there'll have to be some action. Uh, there's no two ways about it. And so um, that seems to be accepted at New Zealand Rugby. It's it's what those next steps are. You know, whether you bring Scott Robertson straight in, whether you look at some kind of caretaker coach uh, through to the next World Cup, those options all very much remain uh, on the table, Louis. But whatever they do decide, they don't have a lot of time to do it because by the time they get back from South Africa, uh, they've only got a few days before this group regathers and and rejoins in Christchurch ahead of that Argentina test uh, at Orange Theory Stadium. So there's not a lot of time to make a decision. But yes... Uh, Mark Robinson is here. I've seen Robbo over here. We've had a catch-up. He'll be here for the rest of the week, which, you know, is probably a telling sign. He was meant to only be here for a couple of days, and it sounds like that trip will now last a week. Thanks for the inside information there, Ollie. We uh, will take out of that what we we need. (laughs) Give us some uh, updates on Bodie Barrett, mate. How's the the concussion going, and and do you know about his brother as well? Geordie, how's he looking uh, for for the weekend? Yeah, caught up with Bodie last night. He was in, in really good spirits, actually. He was almost as surprised as anyone to, to sort of <laughs> learn that his neck was actually okay because, gee, that looked really nasty, didn't it? And and not not a good collision at, at all and, and really just sloppy. And, and to be honest, you know, Ian Foster is, is right to be uh, pretty annoyed about that. But, you know, he, he is hopeful um, that he'll be able to play some part, whether the All Blacks want to risk him uh, this weekend, um, having you know taken a pretty serious hit on his neck is, is another story. But certainly, having spoken to Bodie, he feels up for it. His, his neck is, is fine. He's passed all any HIA protocols, and he's good to go. Geordie, I don't think will be playing. Um, he, he hasn't been training a lot this week, you know, and it's obviously only Monday over here or Monday night over here, so it's been pretty light load so far, but certainly just talking in and around the group, you get the impression that Geordie's probably going to sit this one out. Um, Bodie very much determined to try and play a part, but certainly not a guaranteed starter, so um, you know, if, if you're the All Blacks, they'll probably want to get Bowden involved in that game, but certainly not a guarantee. Geordie, it doesn't seem like he's going to play a part. All right, Ollie, I really appreciate the time you've given us uh, this evening over there, mate. You've probably had a big dinner. What do you eat in South Africa? Big, big steak? What do you? What's the food of choice? Yeah, steak seems to be very popular over here, Louis. Uh, to be honest, um, our, our Lord and Saviour, Liam Napier, the head of the press pack over here, mm. uh, determined that Indian uh, was going to be our, our dinner of choice tonight. So uh, the the, the travelling media have just been out for a uh, for a few curries, which has been very nice. But certainly overall, the, the, everywhere you go, it seems to be some sort of steak, steak curry um, on the menu. So <laughs> yeah, you, well that's right, yeah that's right, and and certainly there are there are there are a few uh, tossing up between how we're going to divide between the steak and the curry, whether we just do both in one night. But I think we can just split it out over uh, over the next few days. Oh, you're in safe hands with Napes. All right, there you go. Ollie Ritchie, New Sub's <laughs> uh, lead rugby reporter. He's a champion. He's over there. All the information on the ground. Make sure you follow um, follow his coverage on News Hub. Going to the phones with Michael and Matt and Tutakaka and Nohopi, respectively, in just a second. But Gal is fueling your mission all year round, Kempi, and a little bit of sports 
news for you. The stats stuffing Wellington Saints forward. That's what the press is calling Xavier Cooks. He's who Paulie Moati mentioned. He's playing for the Wellington Saints. He has been named the National Basketball League MVP. So he's MVP of the league. He was named in the All-Star 5 and took out the Commissioner's Cup for the most outstanding forward. He will be influential for the Saints moving forward. The PGA Tour, well, the FedEx Cup is usually this time of year where the golfers play for that huge prize money trying to be the tour champion. Heading to Memphis for the first stop this week and the golf game's in disarray. There won't be as many players there as years gone by. For people like Cameron Smith, the Rory McIlroy's, the Xander Schauffele's at the top of the pops, well, maybe it's less competition. But from a spectacle point of view, the PGA Tour a little bit worried there. That's what's going around the world of sport. All right, let's go back to Tutakaka. Michael, what were you saying on Richie Mwonga, mate? Yeah, sorry, mate. Hey, um, part of that article was um, he also said that... Um, they, they, there was a lot of noise around, and he didn't. Re- they didn't really care what we all thought, and I think that's despicable to to say that. And it, it tells you that something's being lost in this whole all black setup. And you know, it's the old story: a fish rots from the head down. But that's just so disrespectful to the fans in the jersey that that they don't care that what we think. I think that's terrible. Okay, well, let, let me read the full quote, okay? So we can, let's not let's not, not do him justice. He said, I'm jumping at the bit to have another crack, but I'm also at the point where the outside noise doesn't matter for me. It doesn't affect me. I'm at the stage now where if you're not in the squad, I don't really care what you think, with all respect. I understand the fans and people out there can get frustrated with results, but we're trying our best and we know it's not good enough for all black standards, so preparations will be very deep to get the result in the weekend. If the criticism was fair, he was asked, he said, it's very fair, a team they support that usually gets results and is not getting results and it's fair the fans care. They care about the team, our team and care about our results but it's also fair of us to not care about what they think because we have a job to do and hearing that noise isn't going to help us. Kimpy, do you understand? Uh, look, it probably just needs to be reframed. The, the, part, the part around it is what sort of messaging they're getting from their media people uh, when they know that they're under pressure and they're going to be put in these type of uh, positions. So uh, very volatile. In these positions, you're going to be heavily scrutinised. Everything you say that comes out when you're under pressure can be taken out of context. I don't think Richie Moong has gone out there and said, you know, hey, all the public, you know, we don't really care what you think. I think he's framed it wrong, and it's probably just down to, I don't know, not really understanding the situation of how it's going to be taken in the context of public. Well, there you go. Michael's perceived it one certain way. Michael, before I let you go, can they win this weekend? Do they win this weekend? Uh, no, I don't think they can win this weekend, and I don't think they. Um, I don't think they've got a chance of winning this weekend. There's nothing that well uh, in a week that's going to change what's what's happened. Appreciate it, mate. I, I mean, I reckon it'll be a bigger score. It'll be, it'll be twenty points plus this weekend. Like, if we think these guys are going to get better, the box are going to get even better. And and I think Kemper used the word a while ago, you know, they're on a seek-and-destroy mission this week, and, and they will want to destroy this all-black team because that's what South Africans do, and it'll give them such a huge mental boost going into the next 15 months. Um, they'll crush them if they've got the opportunity. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing lost in translation there from Tutakaka. Let's go to Ahopi, another great seaside uh, village of Aotearoa. Matt, what do you make of it all? Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. 
Um, look, oh man, sometimes I don't know where to start with this. Look, um, I think the squad in general is okay. I mean, I think we've got the right players. 95% of them are correct. Like the, a few callers said um, ago, I feel I'm in the wrong position. Um, I, I really want to draw parallels to the English cricket team. And oh, I know a few people laugh about it, but they really haven't changed their first 11. And then Baz came in and then their mindset changed completely. You know, like their, their batting order didn't change so much, but they look like a completely different side. And so uh, I think if a few of our structures and systems change, or Jason Ryan coming in, Schmidt coming in, and then just a whole new culture. And, and by doing that, I think Foster needs to go. Um, I think there needs to be just a fresh sweep out, a fresh mindset. But I think we've got the players. I think it just, uh, not all hope is not lost. Look, I, personally, I think what um, what's missing here is uh, I'm trying to while you're talking, Matt. I'm thinking about what, what can you what can you line this up against? What can you measure it up against? I think what's happened over the last couple of years is that teams have gone out to search and destroy this All Black side because of the prestige and the money attached with it over so many decades. That when you come up against an All Black team, you're really up against your backs up against the wall, and you really have to fight to beat them. Now that they we're in a we're in a battle, and teams know they can beat them, they're trying to destroy them. And I think every team looks forward now to playing the All Blacks. The type of effort that's needed, and this is what Queensland did when they were no chance in the third state of origin this year, is where the All Blacks need to go. They need to be playing above where they think they um, currently sit. And if they don't, then these teams are just Sim- quite simply, they're too good. Matt, appreciate your call. Just stay on the line while we uh, while I read this text because I think it's kind of where you're going. It's from Guido. He says the the best thing about Razor is he will come in with a fresh plan, a fresh plan for the squad and the lineup. With the Crusaders, it looks like everyone knows their role and they have systems and comfortable with combinations. Some players may get cut, but the ones that buy in will be champions. Also, the breakdown looked dubious on the weekend. An early penalty to Marks, the tackler didn't release, and they were on the edge of the whole match. Good on them for doing that. The All Blacks need to start cheating better again. Now, the part that resonates with what you were saying, I think, Matt, is at least someone that can come in. We're not going to change the playing 23, really. Maybe five at most go in and out, potentially, in any given week. But it's the fresh thought, the fresh consciousness, the fresh empowerment that Baz gave England. I personally, like Guido apparently, thinks that Razor could do it for the All Blacks. Appreciate your call there, Matt, though. Uh, I like where you're going. Uh, the other Matt says, is there something we're missing here? Both the Warriors and ABs have a robo calling the shots. Yeah, look. Mm. Cursed? <laughs> cursed nickname? Do you reckon Mark Robinson, the All Blacks one, Robinson should start going? Robinson. The New Zealand rugby one should go for a new nickname? Yeah, look, I, I think, seriously, my, my thoughts, I think lot, lots of water under that bridge, both bridges, before the end of the year. Cam slightly disagrees on double eight, double three. Ooh, mysterious can be. Who sees a coaching change is going to change anything with the All Blacks? And we will never really know. The potentially will be coming into a series against Australia and Argentina now with no disrespect to those two nations. There is nothing like a test match series against South Africa. Yes, Cam. And that is why, as he said, there's no better place to prove yourself to the rugby public and the fans than in South Africa. There's a message here regarding Clinton Tupi and uh, Cam George as well. Yeah, morning, Kempe and Louie. Can you please get Cam George on the radio for him to explain what the hell is going on at that club, that club being the Warriors? 
Also, if you go on Facebook land, look at Warriors post re katoa leaving, look at the first person who comments, which is Clinton Torpy. He is fuming. And I love Clinton. Where he's, is he? Where is Clinton? He's in the Gold Coast. He's doing some wonderful work up there in the wellbeing space. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I told you, but I got I got asked to do the top 25 NRL players um, since 1990, I think it was. And Clinton Torpin was my 25th player. Uh, and Clinton, over the, the last 12 months, has become a bit of a a advocate for the Warriors, especially what's going on in that club. So actually what we might do mm. is get Clinton on. Mm. Well, on Thursday we're not going to have a show. We're going to need to do some podcasts to get because the cricket's on. We're going to need to do some podcasts to, to keep uh, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast Farno up to date. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.